Dear Lord Baby Jesus, or as our brothers to the south call you, Jesus, we thank you so much for this bountiful harvest of dominoes, KFC, and the always delicious Taco Bell. I just want to take time to say thank you for my family, my two beautiful, beautiful, handsome, striking sons, Walker and Texas Ranger, or TR as we call them. And, of course, my red-hot smoking wife, Carly, who's a stone-cold fox. Mm. also want to thank you for my best friend and teammate, Cal Naughton Jr., who's got my back no matter what. Shake and bake. Dear Lord Baby Jesus, we also thank you for my wife's father, Chip. We hope that you can use your Baby Jesus powers to heal him and his horrible leg. And It smells terrible, and the dogs are always mm. bothering with it. Mm. Dear tiny infant Jesus. Hey, um, you know, sweetie... Jesus did grow up. You don't always have to call him baby. It's a bit odd and off putting to pray to a baby. Well, look, I like the Christmas Jesus best, and I'm saying grace. When you say grace, you can say it to grown-up Jesus or teenage Jesus or bearded Jesus or whoever you want. You know what I want? I want you to do this grace good so that God will let us win tomorrow. Dear tiny Jesus, your golden fleece diapers with your tiny little fat balled-up fist palm. He was a man. He had a beard. Look, I like the baby version the best. Do you hear me? I win the races and I get the money. I like to picture Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt because it says, like, I want to be formal, but I'm here to party, too. Because I like to party, so I like my Jesus to party. I like to picture Jesus as a ninja fighting off evil samurai. I like to think of Jesus, like, with giant eagle's wings and singing lead vocals for Leonard Skinner with, like, an angel band. And I'm in the front row, and I'm hammered drunk. Hey, Cal, why don't you just shut up? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Dear eight-pound, six-ounce, newborn infant Jesus, don't even know a word yet, just a little infant and so cuddly, Mm. but still omnipotent. Mm. We just thank you for all the races I've won and the $21.2 million. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money! That I have accrued over this past season. Also due to a binding endorsement contract that stipulates I mentioned Powerade at each grace. I just want to say the Powerade is delicious. Mm. And it, it cools you off on a hot summer day. And we look forward to Powerade's release of Mystic Mountain Blueberry. Mm. Thank you for all your power and your grace, dear baby God. Amen. 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 Let's dig in. You know, it comes to prayer, I think a lot of us... Don't pray for that same reason. You know, God's probably not going to give me what I want because the prayers I have probably aren't appropriate. I'm going to end up sounding like the God, that, that, that same video clip that we just watched. And so we just don't pray. We go, well, I guess God doesn't get involved. He wound up the universe, but, you know, I'm not going to get what I want. It's sort of silly talking to yourself in a room as if there's an omnipotent being listening. And yet I think, on the other hand, we all long to have greater peace in our life, greater joy, and greater gratitude. And we're looking for a pathway to that. So in our series, Honest to God, we're talking about how to create a pathway through prayer to connect with things like joy and peace. And how do you pray grateful prayers? How do you pray fearful prayers? How do you pray prayers when you're sad? And we're going to look at that today. Specifically, I want to talk about gratitude today because I want to propose that gratitude, or rather ingratitude, is caused by how we talk to ourselves. So I don't talk to myself. We all talk to ourselves. And how you talk to yourself produces a level of gratitude or ingratitude in your life. I mean, think about what you say to yourself, the, the background noise. For some of us, we tell ourselves, I'll be happy if. That's the voice going on in the background. I'll be happy if I get that boyfriend. I'll be happy if I get rid of that boyfriend. I'll be happy if I get my degree, my MBA. I'll be happy if I get a better job. I'll be happy if. And then we, if I get married, okay, if I get unmarried. If I have kids, oh my goodness, I can't wait for empty nest. We constantly have this dialogue in our head that conjures up ingratitude. Another voice in our head isn't that of joy, it's that of uh, embarrassment. I mean, I'm not really grateful because I'm embarrassed by these clothes. I may have had these shoes for two weeks for crying out loud. I'm, I'm embarrassed by my car, I'm embarrassed by my house. And there's this internal dialogue where you tell yourself how embarrassed you are by whatever it is, who you're with, oh, my parents, oh, my kids, oh, that behavior. And you wonder why you're feeling ungrateful. You're talking to yourself about how embarrassed you are by everything all the time. Another thing that causes me ingratitude is 
I will tell myself how discontent I am. You know, I'm discontent. I'm almost angry at God or the world for this circumstance or for that happening. And, and, and if I'm really honest to God about what's going on inside of me, I'm constantly meditating on my discontentment because I'm not getting what I deserve or what I think I deserve. Sometimes discontentment is caused by our inability to see what we have. You know, the voice inside of us is basically saying, oh, look what I don't have. Look what I don't have yet. You don't see all the blessings. You don't have time to meditate and, and dial in and zero in on all the great things you have. Instead, you just close your eyes to those things because instead you've got the other voice, which is you're always looking around for the next thing. I'll be happy when that occurs, when, when we can get new cabinets. Oh, I'm going to be happy when we can get a new house. I'll be happy when we can get to the next stage. We're always living in the future or the past, looking around, never actually in the moment. And prayer is a way in which we can sort through this to begin to develop a, a language of gratitude in our own hearts and lives. I've been working on this for the last month. Some moments and days have been I've been terrible at it. Other moments I've been really good at it. I want to share both my good moments and my terrible moments of trying to develop and check the voices in my own head. I want to give you a definition for prayer. It's very simple. Take away some of the ritual. Take away some of the mysticism. Prayer is simply this. Learning the process of talking to God about yourself, wherever you're at, whatever you're feeling, whatever you're thinking. You learn to talk to God about yourself. And the second part is you learn to talk to yourself about God. That's how simple prayer is. We're going to look at those two aspects today. And as we do that, both aspects of it, one would be called prayer in the Bible, the other would be called meditation. When you talk to God about yourself, it's prayer. When you talk to yourself about God, that's meditation, meditating on what's true. It will develop a level of thankfulness in you, gratitude within you, and a connection that God is with you through the day, not just something you do on, on Saturday or on Sunday. Look at the first one together. We're going to be in Psalms 102 and Psalms 103 today. As we look at these two aspects, we're going to begin by learning to talk to God about yourself. Prayer is more than a ritual. It's more than a routine. I want to read this passage in a moment, but I want you to notice just all the emoticons I've dropped in there. In this simple little prayer, he is sharing where he's at. There's moments of tears and anger. There's moments of impatience and shock and awe. Here is somebody pouring out their emotions authentically before God, just saying, God, here's where I'm at. And here's the thing. God wants us to be real more than he wants ritual. It's more important that we just begin to tell him about where we're at, our frustrations, our concerns. I've had a very emotional last couple of weeks, and I've been trying to, in those moments, tell God when I'm frustrated, tell God when I'm feeling like I stepped over the line. I'm trying to tell God I need help not to be the center of attention or, or helping God to be grateful in the midst of it. We we're flying back from Branson after I dropped my daughter off for college. And as we're going through the uh, checkout, not the checkout line, the TSA uh, report, uh, the, the security, there it is. As we're going through security, we got stopped because Quinn, my, my son Quinn's six, and he has special needs, and he only likes a very specific flavor of chocolate milk. It's very hard to get in two stores to stop carrying it. So it's like you know gold. And as we're going through, they say, well, you can't take that through. I'm like, oh, my God, help me to have a good attitude. Just try to pray right there. I'm, I don't have a good attitude right now. Uh, I need to have a good attitude. Help me. And I just felt like God was in the middle of that. Okay, help me right now before I get angry. I said, any way through, well, we could put you personally through a security check, sort of the, the, the high end of it. But if we find something, you might be here for an hour. Oh, Quinn's chocolate milk. All right, so he walks me over and stands me on the piece and explains to me how he's going to grope me and it's actually going to be okay. <laughs> so I'm standing like this as he's, oh, oh, okay, you should buy me dinner first or something, you know, at least before this. Oh, my goodness. And it was interesting because as I was there, I was, I was like, what does it mean to be in the spirit of prayer? And I remember thinking in the midst of this, like, you know, God, here I am in cross formation, going through ridicule and embarrassment so my son can have what he needs. And just I had a quick glimmer there, God, saying, you know, this is what I did for you, although far worse. But I was willing to put myself in a place of embarrassment because I wanted to get you what you needed for forgiveness. I just had this little glimmer, this little moment where God showed up. We had a great week um, dropping my daughter off uh, at college. And in the midst of that, we went skiing together and boating together. And, and it was so neat because my dad and mom came down as well. And as they came down, we um, 
had a blessing for my daughter. We sat around and told stories and laid hands on her and prayed for her and just told her how excited we were for this next journey. When we're not boating, my dad hasn't pulled me on a tube since I was 12. <clears throat> and he was pulling me at 42. He was a little bit nicer to me uh, this time. But it just all these memories came up of just reconnecting with my childhood and my parents and the chance to bless my daughter. And it was just it was just great. And then as my daughter's about to go to college, she drops her phone and cracks it, shatters the screen. And I'm angry and I'm frustrated. Oh, my goodness. And, and I'm like, God, I just need help right now. And I did a quick Google search. And, and the person who repaired the phones was five minutes away and got it fixed in 15, 20 minutes. I'm like, God, thank you for that. And, and then we, we headed home. And, and I've had four phones break in the last 30 days. You know, all these ridiculous smartphones. I'm having two got stolen and this one broke. And, so I'm at home. Mine hasn't broken. So I got Quinn in the hot tub and I'm working off my iPad on some, some messages and just trying to think about how to bring God into my frustration. And, and I go to look for my phone. It's not there. I had just given Quinn a drink a second ago and he had grabbed my phone and dropped it in the hot tub. <laughs> and I'm angry. I'm like, God, I'm angry right now. I, I, I shouldn't be angry. I mean, I, I don't want to. I, I should be angry. I don't want to be take it out of my son. And so I, I didn't know that yet. So I'm doing the find your phone app. And, and I, I'm like hear a noise and it's shaking in the bottom of the hot tub and it, it's not with me anymore. And I, I'm, I'm frustrated at it. And so I'm telling God, I'm mad. I'm frustrated that all the, you know, all these extra expenses would come right this time of school starting. And then I'm just telling God where I'm at. I'm just being honest with him. And as I'm going looking for a, a backup phone through the drawer, um, I, I come across this was hidden in my drawer. I haven't been able to look at it because it makes me cry. I read it fast once. I'm going to try and do it again. My sweet daughter uh, left this for us. I'll do it later. <laughs> and so in the middle of just being honest with God about uh, my frustration, my anger, I get this note hidden in the drawer. It says, Beth and Chad, if you're finding this open when you miss your daughter, I left this to help my missing. Says mom, dad, I love you. <clears throat> I miss you guys so much. I want to leave a note behind to show my appreciation and excitement. You guys are my inspiration. I love you with all my heart and miss you. And the built-in community you guys have provided for me during my childhood is so weird to think that I'm an adult. I couldn't have asked for instead of more amazing parents. You've supported me in my decisions. I've loved having the two of you as my best friends. Even when people... I thought I could count on and disappeared. I always had you two to keep me grounded in the importance of family, God, and believing in yourself and myself. I love you and miss you bunches. And it says a lot more about Sierra than it says about us, actually. Um, I just had this moment of just thank, thankfulness to God for um, the time we've had, the season we've had, and just filled up with gratitude uh, of what God's done through us and, and through her. And for teenagers in the audience, don't forget us parents. It's hard. Nice words do mean a lot, uh, at least once every 10 years. Um, <laughs> for Sierra, it's a lot more often than that, but... I just found myself being honest with God about the highs, the lows, and, and they were stumbly prayers. They were quick prayers. They were while I was feeling stuff prayers. But God wants us to be authentic and real with him. And again, look, look how you see that in the psalmist. He says in Psalms 102, Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let me cry. It's okay to be sad. I don't like being sad. Uh, but God knows that we need to be honest with him when we are sad or when we're scared about being sad come to you. Do, do not hide your face from me in the day of my trouble. And there's some, some anger in there. God, I'm going through trouble. This is difficult. This is hard. And the prayer's just not fancy. It's just, I'm, I'm going through trouble. Incline your ear to me. Listen, God. Doesn't feel like you're listening. I need you to listen up in the day that I call. Answer me speedily. I'm impatient. I love the honesty about, you know, sp- speed it up here, God. I've been praying about this. I need this now. He goes on, for my days are consumed like smoke. Just shock. I just feel like my days are just being torn apart. They're just going too quick. And my bones are burned like, like a hearth. My heart is stricken and withered like grass. 
Again, you see somebody who's really discouraged and down and just really being honest with God. This is not God, you're going to fix it. This is God, you should be fixing it long ago. I'm really upset about this. Do you see how he's talking to God about himself, just really honestly, all the feelings that he has? So that I'm so discouraged, in fact, that I'm forgetting to eat my bread. I just don't even have an appetite because of what's going on right now. My bones are, oh, sorry, keep going, uh, because of the sound of my groaning. Again, look at that, honestly, I'm just groaning before you. God, I don't have the words to express what's going on with me right now. My bones cling to my skin, so I feel like I'm wasting away. I'm like a pelican of the wilderness. I'm like an owl in the desert. I feel alone at times. I lie awake, and I'm like a sparrow alone on the housetop. And I love in the midst of this, you just see somebody calling out honestly, saying, God, I'm not telling you how I should feel. I'm just telling you how I do feel. I'm talking to God about myself. That's what God wants from you. Even if you don't pray right, there's no praying right. It's being real. And if that reels your anger, if that's your fear, the pathway to developing a heart of gratitude is beginning by talking about where you are. God, I do have a sense of entitlement within me or ingratitude within me. God, help me. I, I need you involved in my everyday life. And sometimes those are moments of desperation. Sometimes they're just moments of being to ask God into the moment of your day. I heard a story last year about a woman, a Canadian. Her name's Mylene Maquette. She decided to be the first... Uh, uh, Canadian to row, single solo rower, row all the way across the Atlantic Ocean by herself. So she's 82 days into the journey in this boat, and she gets capsized in all of her supplies. I mean, she had planned this thing. She had all the supplies she needed, but when this thing got capsized, she lost her supplies. And 82 days in, she calls back to uh, her team back in Canada and says, I'm in trouble. I'm out of food. I'm not going to make it. In fact, she prayed. She said, if I don't get an old-fashioned miracle, I'm in trouble. Just a prayer of desperation, a prayer of honesty, a prayer of, God, I need help. You know, sometimes I don't pray those kind of prayers because I'm like, oh, you know what? God's not really going to answer it. I've tried this before and he didn't. You know, what a waste of time. Have you ever felt that? Tell God you're feeling that way. God, I feel like it's a waste of time. I don't feel like this even works. Be honest with where you're at. Well, meanwhile, while she's floating on the Atlantic Ocean, a pastor from Willow Creek Community Church in Chicago decided to take a week of prayer. So he was on a boat, the Queen Mary, and he was going from, uh, from the main area over to England and back with just a prayer journal as he was going to pray and just began to ask God to work on his soul and his thoughts and the areas in his life. He's trying to develop a deeper prayer life in his life. Over the loudspeaker comes an announcement. Hey, we just got a radio feed. Uh, there's a woman who's trying to row her way all the way across the Atlantic. Um, she put out a, a mayday call, and proper etiquette is to check it out. So they, sent some, they stopped the boat. They sent some rafts over to check her out. Sure enough, she was desperate. She couldn't believe it. Oh, my goodness, I was just praying and asking for help. And the queen, Mar- the, the boat's shown up. She didn't know what boat it was yet. Um, and the Queen Mary goes up. They bring her over and dock next to her. They, and everybody cheers. Hip, hip, hooray! Hip, hip, hooray! Hip, hip, hooray! And they unload and load her boat up with all the supplies she would need, and she was just hoping to survive, little did she know God would send her the Queen freaking Mary right there. <laughs> and I walk, and he, the pastor who told the story, said as they were pulling off, they could just see her like loaded up and just looking up in the air like, wow. And I think oftentimes... We don't pray for all the reasons I discussed and more. And I think God is off, has just a boatload of gratitude and joy and peace that he wants to give us as we learn how to get better at being honest with God, telling him about ourselves. So I want to give you a chance to do that. Part of this series is going to be a little interactive. So as you came in today, uh, you were given a program that has in it a little circle with some lines. So here's some of mine here. I was taking some notes earlier. So I'm going to model um, how I've done it, and then you can do it after that. So first, you might want to use one of those faces and just uh, draw a face of how you're feeling. So in my case, it's joy. I'm going to start with joy. Maybe just some notes to yourself as you're praying to God and say, God, I'm just so thankful for me. I'm so thankful for my daughter, Sierra. 
um, to Joyce. She was and is in our life. She called this week and God and just told me that uh, and she's made the best friend she's ever had. And we've been praying about that for, for months. And God, I, I just thank you for that. Uh, Javen started a Great Oaks uh, school this week and learning IT father. And I'm just so thankful to see that he is in his niche and, and connecting with how you made him and his passion. God, I'm also thankful for Quinn. Um, not only is he speaking, but uh, you know, we got to set some goals this this last week for him to possibly be reading by the end of this year and uh, I just never thought that day would ever come let alone that uh, it would come this early so I'll give you a minute just draw a face of how you're feeling if you want and then just maybe some notes you want to tell God I'll do another one on the next step for me. Uh, my face is going to be fear. This is my bad fear face. I'm uh, fearful of God about being sad. I don't like being sad. I am fearful that my wife or my other two would think that me grieving this would... Uh, somehow mean I like fear better than them uh, rather than knowing that I'd want to mourn a transition with any of them I'm fearful that going through this process could lead to you know, depression or losing control so God, I ask you to give me freedom to grieve in a way that is uh, healthy and honest with you. I guess my last one I'm going to do uh, surprised I have been surprised God at the ways in which you have uh, uh, I worked in Quinn's life but I'm so thankful for the staff meeting we had this week and uh, just the, the joy of people sharing ways you're working in their life and the ways uh, you're working in the church and the life change that's happening I'm just so thankful for that I'm, I'm constantly surprised God that you can take care of things I'm, uh, I'm surprised you convicted me of being dishonest about something this week and that I had to confess that to you and and make it right and uh, I'm surprised at, at your grace and uh, it's your love and I, I just appreciate that I'll give you one more minute to do it on your own
Well, Father, we're so thankful that your arms are open wide, that wherever we are, whatever we feel, you want to meet us where we're at, and that we don't have to bring pretense. In fact, you hate pretense. You hate formality. You want honest, messy prayers. And God, we just ask that this little taste of it we've had today will just flow into uh, the, the next four or six weeks we learn how to be honest with you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So anyway, hopefully that's a little piece um, of how to do it. You know, if you get emotional like me, I just, uh, in fact, one of my fears was actually cliche. It's so cliche to cry about your daughter leaving the college. I hate being cliche. Um, but learning to talk to God about yourself. But in Psalms 103, so now we move from 102 to 103, we see somebody who learns to talk to himself about God. And this is a way in which you begin to develop that gratitude and begin to change those lies in your life that hold you back. You learn to talk to yourself about God. Now, this phrase is just really weird, right? Learn to talk to yourself. So you immediately say, I don't want to be a crazy person who talks to himself. But again, I want to propose to you that you already talk to yourself. So the question is, are you talking to yourself in a way that's healthy or unhealthy? What is worry? Who are you talking to? Yourself, right? On what's going to happen. I wonder if that happens. What if that happens and then that happens? What will I do if that happens? What are you doing? You're talking to yourself. Self-critique. What are you doing? Oh, I'm such a bad person. I can't believe I did that. Beat myself up for making that mistake again. Oh, that was so stupid. Oh, if you're a perfectionist, you're constantly that self-critique. There's that voice of not good enough, not good enough. You're talking to yourself. Fears are talking to yourself. You're constantly letting those voices of fear begin to just go over you. Or entitlement. I deserve this or I deserve that. So learning to talk to yourself is is instead of allowing the voice that's telling you all these things that are destructive, and I'll get into some research next week to show you the the brain chemistry that changes as you learn to talk truth to yourself. But we all already talk talk to ourselves. What if we learn to do it in a healthy way? What's amazing about Psalms is you see the psalmists always talking to themselves as well as God. Notice Psalms 103 starts this way. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Now, who's he talking to? He's not talking to the Lord. He's telling his soul to bless the Lord, isn't he? You see this constantly through the, through the Psalms. As people being honest, they're saying, hey, I'm heading into a ditch toward fear. Uh, soul is heading in a ditch toward self-criticism or toward worry. Self, soul, bless the Lord. Soul, remember what God has done. So learning to talk to yourself about God is, is, is telling yourself, hey, focus on what God has said. Focus on what he says is true. And notice he goes on to say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Well, is it appropriate to say this? Somebody came in our office the other day and said, I'm really angry at God. And I was, I was swearing and, and, and I just don't know how to pray. And, and uh, Doug had shared with him and says, go swear at God. Swear at God. God would re- That's an honest prayer is what that is. All that is within you. God's not surprised. Oh my goodness, you're angry? Shocking. No. God wants you to bring all, whatever emotion it is, surprise or happiness or sadness or, or love or, or wonder or amazement, bring all that is within me to God and just give Him everything you are and tell yourself, soul, am I going to listen to the voices of fear or the voice of peace He gives? The word bless means to bow down to or submit yourself or to subordinate yourself to His holy name. Meaning when the voice of fear comes in and you have a voice of peace from God, subordinating yourself, saying, self, I'm going to choose to believe the peace promise over the fearful fantasy. You're talking to yourself about God. You're beginning to capture thoughts, is how the New Testament describes it. You're renewing your mind by doing what's called soul talk. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Subordinate yourself to His holy name. Bow down to Him. Make Him the priority in your life. In her great book, Self-Talk, Soul Talk, the author describes a whole series of events. She was an awkward teenager and had a lot of perfectionistic tendencies and telling herself all the time, I'm not good enough or I'm not pretty enough. And with the normal normal insecurities in her life going on, at 15 she became legally blind. And the soul talk just became so much worse. She wrote in her journal and said that uh, she was telling herself, you're so awkward, everyone is staring at you, boys will never like you. She went on to get married, have a successful marriage, she had a successful career. But she did not realize that that soul talk that had been so embedded in her, in her adolescent years was still very active in her professional life. Here's how she describes it. She says, we grow so accustomed to our own self-talk that we don't even recognize it anymore. 
or its corrosive nature and the damage we're inflicting on our own souls. It's just normal for us, normal like cancer. The truth is our self-talk actually begins to shape the life we live, affecting our very destiny. What you think and say to yourself will impact the texture, the color, and the music of your life. And so she went through a process of beginning to grab those thoughts, find those thoughts, and tell herself to meditate on something different. She would find alternative verses and promises from God in that. And we see that here in Psalms 103 as well. We see him specifically telling himself two things about God. I'll give you the first one. It's really interesting. Notice he's again talking to his soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now, if you're in sales, you know that one of the things you do in sales is you want to tell people the benefit of using your service, using your product. Notice how he sells the benefits of listening to God to himself. Isn't that weird? Soul, let's not forget how beneficial it is to serve God. Soul, let's not forget that worry hasn't got you anywhere but an ulcer. Maybe this might work. Now, you might find that strange, but you become a salesman to yourself. You begin to talk to God about yourself, and part of that is telling yourself, this is worth considering. We need to look into this. There's some benefits that might come of this. And I'll give you some research to show the scientific benefits, the health benefits. But notice how in this ancient prayer, he's telling himself, soul, don't forget the benefits. He can forgive you if you're condemning yourself and not good enough and, and you're never going to be forgiven. And no one could find out about that. And that's such an embarrassment. If people knew who you were, remind yourself, there's a God who can forgive those things. A God who can heal. And immediately think, well, what if he doesn't heal? Yeah, yeah, but he could. Let me pray and reach out to him. He could. If God, if God can't heal, then where else am I going to go? A God who can redeem your life from destruction. The word redeem means to buy back. If you've made some bad mistakes, you're on a bad path, you go, you know, God has probably checked, checked out on me. He doesn't have anything to do with me. You remind yourself, no, no, God is a master of taking people who put manure all over their life and taking that manure and turning it into fertilizer for new growth. Yeah, yeah, I'm a prime candidate for what God wants to do. He loves working with people who made mistakes. Soul, remember that. Soul, remember that he will crown you with loving kindness. You want to be celebrated and crowned. This is a God who does that. A God who has tender mercies. Mercy doesn't give you what you deserve. That opening song we did this morning, at the very beginning, for the six of you who are here, I'm just joking, was uh, I don't get no satisfaction. So sometimes as you're beginning to look for purpose or satisfaction, where am I going to find it? I've climbed the ladders. I've gotten the bigger gizmos. I've gotten the bigger houses. That hasn't led to satisfaction. So part of the thing, soul, I've tried stuff. That didn't work. I want the one who can satisfy my mouth. Let's try God with good things. That your youth, is, that your energy, your youth will be renewed like an eagle. You see how he's talking benefits to himself? That may seem strange, but that's a way in which the, the, the psalmist used to reconnect themselves with God. I want to be in touch with the source of gratitude. I'm not going to be grateful as long as I let the voices of worry and fear control me. I need to take those captives and talk to myself and say, God, I want to start hearing from your voice and not these others. It's interesting, this idea of benefits, because part of what we do as a church is we try and create a, a continuum of people's spiritual journey. We want to help you wherever you are take the next step. If you're an agnostic and you come in here and say, I've heard they got great music, we want to help you take the next step. If that's just enjoying the process and, and sitting here, that's fine. The reason we have two services is because we recognize that some people are at a different place spiritually and want to help you take the next step. So here's some of the steps we have. You know, some people come into Horizon and say, I have an awareness of God, but not a friendship with God. I'm not sure what that even means or if that's possible. You might say, no, I'm farther along than that. I have a positive attitude towards someone with a strong faith. I thought all Christians were hypocrites, but I met one good one. I still don't share your views about the Bible, Jesus, and all that stuff. I think, I think that's crazy talk. But I met somebody who had something I wanted, and I liked the benefits I saw in their life. And maybe you've been coming to Horizon for a while, or you're new today. And you still don't believe in the Bible. You still don't believe that, that this was a book written by God, or Jesus is the only way to, G to God. You don't believe that. But you're starting to get to the next step. I have a positive attitude toward the benefits of the Bible. I can see why you'd want to believe it. I can see why it might be helpful. I can see how it might make my marriage stronger or my leadership better. Before you believe it, you usually start with seeing the benefits of it. And then you move to the next step where you begin to say, I see 
not just the benefits. I'm starting to have a positive attitude toward the actual message itself. I still don't believe it, but I, I see why I might want to. Not just the benefits. The message itself is powerful. God is with us. God forgives us. We're not alone. He's, he's got us on earth with a purpose. So one of the reasons we have an exploring service is that's aimed at people who are here on the continuum. And we have an equipping service where we have worship and teaching and communion and verse-by-verse Bible teaching aimed at those who are, call themselves followers of Christ and want to continue the journey of being equipped and growing. And I'll talk more about that. So our, our 4.30 service on Saturday and our 8.50 uh, on Sunday is 100% different from this service. Because we want to help you have environments to move forward spiritually. I sat down with a couple for lunch uh, this week. And he said, Chad, uh, w- without using these words, he says, Chad, I was here. When I came in the door, I've been at church for 20 years, and I tell you, I came in, I was a tough customer, and I was sold. I thought Christians were all inauthentic, and, and I just had a bad experience, and they're all about just using you or getting your money. Chad, I walked in, I think you said six months ago, and man, I immediately was, was drawn toward this, even though I didn't necessarily believe it yet. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we're trying to share. The second thing is you develop gratitude by replacing mercy to a heart of entitlement. One of the things that keeps us from being grateful is entitlement. Entitlement is always demanding what you deserve. (laughs) Give me what I deserve. That's his entitlement. Mercy is the opposite. Mercy says, please don't get me what I deserve. Because if you honestly saw what I deserve and all my secrets came out and all of my mistakes came out and all the things I thought came out, oh my goodness. So mercy puts yourself in a place you say, God, I don't deserve anything. I'm not coming demanding anything. I'm going to trust that you'll give me not what I always want, but what I need, like that song we sang. And mercy is so powerful because it comes against entitlement, that corrosive nature of ingratitude. And look at how many times in this passage the psalmist is telling himself about the mercy of God. The Lord is merciful and gracious. Maybe you grew up with the idea that God was angry and mad at you. This person is saying, no, remember, you can come to God. He's merciful. He's gracious. He's slow to anger. He's abounding in mercy. He's not always going to strive with us. He does get angry because there's things in life to get mad about. But he doesn't keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins or our mistakes or our moral failures. Nor punished us according to our iniquities, which is moral failures. As high, get this. Remind yourself, as high as the, as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. Which means have awe of him or respect for him. As far as the east is from the west, so far can he remove you from your transgressions. I don't have to walk around with a big blanket of guilt all the time for what I did or didn't do. There is freedom available. And you might say, well, I just can't get there. These lies. You've got to capture those lies and say, no, no, it's better over here. There's freedom over here. There's forgiveness over here. There's connection over here. All the things that you thought couldn't be done by God, that's the kind of God this is. You begin to become grateful that God would free you, that he would woo you, that he would pursue you. There's a story about a woman who found this very thing. It's Mary Case, and she's a therapist. And she said a grumpy old lady convinced her to be more grateful. She was working as a nurse, and there were two women at the hospital. One who had a leg cut off at the knee and had to relearn how to get a, a fake leg on, how to, how to walk. And it, you know, certainly it was tragic, but just had a foul attitude all the time. Cursed at the nurses when they came in. Kept the shades drawn. Darkness. No one came to visit because when they did, they got chewed out and they left you know, very quickly. But right next door was a woman who had a list of sickness and diseases that was as long as a grocery list. And her demeanor when nurses came in, thank you, dear. So nice to see you. The people who came in and visited with her and connected with her. Two people in bad circumstances, but one was far worse than the other. And Mary said, as I watched it, I realized that gratitude was a far better way to live. The joy and the peace that that emanated from that hospital room, I wanted to live that way. She grabbed a quote from this woman named Elizabeth Elliot that said, It's always possible to be thankful for what is given rather than resentful over what is withheld. Let me read that again. It's always possible to be thankful for what is given rather than resentful over what is withheld. One attitude or the other becomes a way of life. And this is a woman who lost her husband in their 20s because he went over to a foreign country to tell people about Jesus and they came out of the village and killed him. And she went back to the people who killed her husband and told him about Jesus. And they were so impacted by that that they learned in 
believes in Jesus. So when she says you can be thankful in all situations, she's done it. So here's my challenge to you. Learn to talk to God about yourself. And learn to talk to yourself about God. We've given you a tool to do that. Two tools, actually. A personal tool. Our whole team has been working on this all summer. It's a pathway to prayers you came in today. This goes along with the series every week, so we're in week two here. It's a chance for you to journal through where you're at, how you're feeling. How do you really do this? How do you really talk to God about yourself? How do you really talk to yourself about God? So I want to encourage you during the week to just go through these different pages together and make this a journey over the last, next four to six weeks of really connecting with God in a way you never have before, even if you don't believe in Him yet. Say, well, I'll try it. it. It might be worth it. You can go to horizoncc.com backslash prayer if you have prayer requests. We're going to be praying for any prayer requests you have as a team. Or if you want to pray for other people's prayer requests, you can go that click that link as well and be praying as a community together. If you want some community tools to get honest with God, we're going to have some evenings of prayer here at the church on Sunday the 30th, September 6th, and the 12th at 6.30. Very informal time of coming in and praying together. If you need some prayer, you need somebody to pray for you. Or if you want to join a group, one of our groups is going to go through this series together. Another one's going to do Lord's Prayer. There's sign-ups for that, as well as on our website at horizoncc.com backslash PTP, which is Pathway to Prayer. So these are tools we're going to put in your hands as we learn how to do this. But I want to show you somebody who has done it. And you can barely hear him because his voice has been damaged. In this next video, I want you to hear the story of a man, man named Bob. And Bob was angry at God. But in the process of being honest with God, he found a God who cared about even the details of his life. Let's watch. I 
up Sunday morning. God, am I reading here? I've got my Bible out, and I've got such a cloud of oppression over my mind, I can hardly breathe. And I'm desperate for a word from God, because back in that season, the only thing that would strengthen and help my soul would be a word from God. After about three hours of trying to get something
kid, he goes, I got a baseball. I can't talk to her because of this, but I'm looking at her and thinking, that ain't your baseball. That's my baseball. And I took that ball and I just held it in my hand and I sat in the stands. He gave me a baseball. Father, we uh, thank you that you are just uh, got a big chest we can beat on when we need it. You have wide arms that uh, draw us in for comfort, for peace, for joy. And God, I just ask that this process we go through as a church for those who are those of us who are more emotive, that this will be a chance to be real in our emotive way. For those who are not as emotive, that it will be a chance to be real in our analytical way. God, you're not asking us to be something we're not. You just want us to be real with you. I say this will be just incredible moments of connection between us and you and us and each other during the seasons of church. We thank you and ask you to go before us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for being here. Uh, sorry we ran late today. The pastor really went long-winded, so sorry about that. Uh, third door on your left is the hearth room. We'd love to greet you if you knew the church. And if you came prepared to give, some offering boxes on your way out. Thanks again. <laughs>